0: Blessed bless you, Church. This is Pastor Michelle Soto with our 40-day prayer focus. This is week one, returning to our first love, and day five, my beloved is mine. And today's scripture is Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. You know, eating a meal around a table with someone in the first century was a big deal. Sharing a meal represented acceptance, friendship, and belonging. And in Matthew, we read about an invitation given by a king. The parable of the wedding feast. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. And again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding." But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. Matthew 22, verses 1-5 through Now we understand that this parable speaks about the wedding feast of the Lamb at the end of the age. But let me ask you this, how many times has the Lord invited you to come and share a meal with Him, and you acted like those on the invitation listed above? In other words, we make light of the Holy Spirit prompting and we simply go about our way. The Shulamite woman in the scripture says, He brought me to the banquet hall, and his banner over me is love. His banner, his claim to me, his covering over me, his protection of me, his insignia within me is love. And he invites us not out of superiority not out of demand, but out of love. The Lord of hosts beckons us to come to his banquet hall. And as we unfold and accept his invitation, we will find an invitation to be seated at the table of the king. And at his table, we find all the things that we strive for in the world. We find acceptance, friendship, belonging, love, all that we could ever possibly need or desire will be served in the presence of the King. So today, as you think about his invitation to come, don't say no, don't brush off that nudge, that prompting. He's calling you, answer our SVP, and say yes. And let us pray. Father, forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we've made light of your invitation to share a meal with you, the times when we've rushed by and continued on our own foolish ways. But today, Lord, we turn down the food of self-reliance, our busyness, and our strife, and we choose to take a seat at the king's table where the meal consists of love, peace, forgiveness, mercy, and grace. And for that, Father God, we praise your glorious name. Amen. God bless you, church. This is Pastor Michelle Soto with our 40-day prayer focus. And this is our first week returning to our first love. Today is day six, the treasure in my heart. And today's scripture verse can be found in Luke chapter two, verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In Luke chapter two, we find the shepherds who were just told of the birth of Christ and went straight away to see Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And verse 17 says, And when they sighed, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I can imagine that Mary didn't fully understand the meaning of all the strange and wonderful things that was spoken to her about her son. But the scripture says she treasured them up and pondered them in her heart. And that word ponder means to think about something carefully, to weigh it out, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. Mary took the words she heard and she thought about them and carefully considered every word of the angel, every encounter, and every word the shepherd said, turning them over and over in her mind. And she kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. Literally, what Mary was doing was making room in her heart for all that the Lord had said and revealed to her. And that's the kind of heart that God desires us to have, a pondering heart, A heart that despite its weaknesses and its fears and its doubts, and yeah, even its unbelief, a heart that will consider who it is that is speaking to us and will wrestle with those emotions in our heart until the truth of who he is and what he says makes room in our hearts for his promise a heart that by its very pondering is making room for God's Word to dwell. And just the same way that Mary made room in her heart for God's Word and promise to dwell, you and I must make room, not only in our hearts, but in our day to meet with God. And when we make room for God, He comes and He meets us in that sacred space, God meets us and speaks to us through His Word and by His Spirit. Exodus 25, 22 says, There above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the Ark of the Testimony, I will meet with you and give you all my commandments for the Israelites. That Hebrew word for meet is the word ya'ad, meaning to appoint, to fix, as in a place or a time, to meet by agreement, to come together. It also means to betrothed, to give in marriage. Isn't that amazing? And as we prepare a place in our lives to meet with God, the God of the universe prepares a place in our hearts to ya'ad, to meet with us, where we become one. Let your prayer be this prayer today. Father, help me to treasure your presence in my heart and ponder the depth of your great love. Give me a pondering heart like Mary's, Lord, that despite how out of the ordinary, how impossible or improbable, your word and your promise may seem that I would learn to treasure and make room in my heart for your word to dwell. Ignite a hunger in me to behold the mysteries of who you are, the God who created all things, who sustains all things, and who's making all things new. Help me, Lord, to step out of the pace of the rat race around me and live in the place of grace. Restore me, Lord, to the wonder of you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. This is Pastor Michelle Soto welcoming you to our 40-day Prayer Focus. This is week one of our Prayer Focus returning to our first love and today is day seven the crowd and the core we're reading from matthew 16 verses 13 through 19 in the message bible translation when jesus arrived in the villages of caesarea philippi he asked his disciples what are people saying about who the son of man is and they replied Some think he is John the Baptizer, some say Elijah, some Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he pressed them and said, and how about you? Who do you say I am? At first glance, it would seem that Jesus is taking an opinion poll here, right? But the key question comes toward the latter part of the scripture. How about you? Who do you say I am? And Jesus speaks of two groups of people here. He's talking about the crowd and the core, the fans and the followers. Jesus always used questions like these that spoke to the heart of the matter, especially with his disciples, those closest to him. And oftentimes the real reason we don't get into the presence of God, is because when we're in his presence, we know that God is going to press us to answer, who do you say I am? In other words, who am I in your life? You know, the crowd could not perceive the full identity of Christ. You know, they called him John, they called him Elijah, the prophet Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets but there was one that was walking close enough to him to receive a direct download from heaven. Simon Peter said, You're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of the books or from the teachers. My Father in Heaven, God Himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. These are the things that will only be revealed to us when we're up close and personal with Jesus. The revelation of our identity is intimately integrated into our revelation of who Jesus is. When you have a revelation of who God really is, then you get a revelation of who you really are. You are Peter, a rock, and upon this rock, this revelation of who God is to us, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Jesus didn't say, I will build your ministry. Jesus didn't say, I will build your kingdom. He said, upon this revelation, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so today the Lord is asking you. And you, who do you say I am? You see, Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for followers so are you the crowd or are you the core you know it may get uncomfortable the closer you get to him but you'll never get a revelation of who he is or of who you really are until you do and so let this prayer be your prayer today father today we repent of our fan mentality and heart. Forgive us for staying in our comfort zones when you're calling us into deeper waters with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us and drawing us to the Father's heart, where we receive divine revelation that Jesus is not only our healer and our deliverer and our savior, but that he is the Christ, the Messiah, our Lord and Son of the living God. Praise be to his holy name. Amen. You know, today's devotional concludes our first week of our 40 day prayer focus. And my heart's prayer is that the Lord has spoken to you deeply even during these few moments, and that through the power of the Holy Spirit, your heart has begun to yearn and to burn, to be with the lover of your soul, and to return again to your first love. May you and I, may we become the Burning Hearts Society. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Church. This is Pastor Michelle Soto, and this is our 40-day prayer focus. Today we begin our second week of our 40-day prayer focus, and this week's theme will be awakening. Today is day eight, and today's focus is a call to awaken. And our scripture for today is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 17. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Have you ever been driving your car and kind of zoned out and suddenly an, an angry honk from the annoyed driver behind you kind of brings you back to the present? And it's almost like for a minute, you were actually like asleep at the wheel. Kind of a scary thought, right? When those moments happen to me, it always takes me by surprise that I was actually not there, quote unquote that my mind actually drifted to the point that I lost touch with the reality around me, especially while I'm driving. And immediately I'm like, oh wow, thank you Lord for waking me up. Does that make any sense? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever drifted off without even realizing how and when? Well, if all the horns blaring in the traffic are any indicator of this, then yes, I'm sure it has. It's like you're sleepwalking and not even aware that you're asleep. And that's how it is when you're awakened. You thought you were awake, but all of a sudden God's light pours onto your heart and your spirit and you suddenly realize, Lord, You're truly coming, and it's no longer a far-off thing, but in fact, it's nearer than ever before. What am I doing, wasting precious time? There's an urgency that comes into your spirit that compels you to not only awake and arise, but to sound the alarm that others would wake up too. Romans thirteen eleven through 12 says and, and that knowing the time that now is high time to awaken out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than what we believed the night is far spent the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. There's an awakening of the body of Christ that God is stirring up in this hour that is being felt all across the world. There is a rumbling in the spirit that is deeper and stronger than anything you and I have ever known in our lifetime. God is thundering from heaven and calling his church to wake up from its slumber There's a fire that's being poured out on our hearts and a wind that is blowing, that is causing an uprising in every dead place. Our spirit, our gifts, and our callings are all being stirred up and called into action. And if God is a God of purpose and intention, as we know He is, then we know that we know That God is about to rend the heavens and step in onto the scene. As awesome and as mighty a move of God is, a genuine move of God will bring four things with it. Number one, awakening and awareness, first and foremost, of our own sin. Number two, conviction and repentance of sin. Of slumber and of sloth. Number three, obedience and hunger to the word revived within us. And number four, revival and reformation of our call to salvation of souls and transformation of society. And where you stand in the plumb line of God's truth in this hour, will make all the difference in whether you resist or you rejoice. Will you heed the call or will you hit the snooze button and stay snuggled in the warmth of your comfort and sleep? The Lord is speaking to us, church, and as a well-known preacher used to say, but are we halfway listening? Arise and shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is is risen upon thee for behold the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee Isaiah 61 through 2 awake O church awaken and come back to your first love the bridegroom is at the door and your lamps have no oil hurry Therefore, and get right with God. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for loving us enough to awaken us from our slumber and sleep. And we confess before you, God, that we have slacked in our spirit and we have become complacent in our comfort zones. But now we shake off and break off any compromise and familiarity that has caused us to consider mundane what we should have considered holy. Let your holy fire burn off the dross and fill us, God, with your oil. Lord, that your light would shine bright. And we come in agreement with your word, Father, and command to arise and shine that your glory may be seen through us and draw all men, not unto us, not into our ministry, not into our church, but it will draw all men unto you, unto you, Lord. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, church. This is Pastor Michelle Soto with our 40-day prayer focus. This is week two, the awakening. And this is day nine, a call to awaken. Psalm 85, verse 6. Will thou not revive us again? that thy people may rejoice in thee. The Hebrew word for revive here is chaya, which means to live, revive, keep, make alive, quicken, recover, restore, save for sure, be whole. To revive us again means to return, to turn back. So revival means a coming alive again, which speaks to something that was alive and is now dead. A quickening of life, which causes a turning away from sin and a turning toward God. There's no revival without the Holy Spirit of God and the living water of the word to cause a combustion of the fire of God within. There's religion and there's tradition of man, but there's no conception of life. Are you praying for revival? Then you know what? It starts with you and it starts with me, the believers. Because only when you're awakened to the life within you can revival possibly spread to those around you, in the church and then outward to the community and hopefully reaching out to the lost that God would turn their hearts to repentance because without repentance there can be no revival and without revival there can be no forgiveness of sins and eternal life for a lost and dying world. Let's put it this way. It takes a man and a woman of God speaking the word of God fully alive with the spirit of God to make children of God, for the glory of God. That is what revival is all about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you revive us again that we might rejoice in you? Send the fire and rain of your Holy Spirit and pour down on us today and revive the dry bones and flood the dryness of our souls. Lord, only you know what it is in the heart and only you can bring us to a place where of restoration. Release a fresh anointing today. Revive our sleeping, slumbering spirit. Break off the sloth of our souls. Wake us up into the renewal of your exceeding joy. We thank you in advance, Father, for all that we are willing and you are more than able to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen you